0: Hello, we are Terra Nova, a horror podcast, We're hosted by Kendall and Jackie, and here we talk about everything, well, horror, and this podcast is specifically for you, the horror fans, and also the non-horror fans, if you're too scared to watch the movies, it's fine. We talk about it, we discuss it, we dissect it, we laugh about it, we talk about the good, the bad, the tropes, and new episodes are launched every Monday.
1: And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod, And more importantly, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend.
0: And tell your dog too. Kujo. Cool <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we are TerraNova. What's up? Hello.
1: Hey, 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 what's going on? You sound like a demon
0: on the That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic. It's not a movie, it's just a topic. A very infamous trope called The Final Girl. Dun,
1: dun, dun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, a little history. I hope whoever's listening to this imagines the rainbow with the whole the more you know after I read this facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the final girl basically, the theory was developed by Carol J. Glover. She wrote a book that kind of emphasized the, the whole notion of the importance of a female in slasher films. Where it basically, um, <clears throat> well, the book is called Men, Women, and Chainsaws Gender in the Modern Horror Film, and it focuses on basically. How the female at the end of slasher films or any horror film, basically, she's going through a lot of hell. She's, you know, getting beaten up or whatever. And then the end, she takes her revenge on the killer and basically is the last one surviving. Literally.
1: There have been horror movies throughout history that star men as well that end up in similar situations where they're like the final survivor. Why why do you think like the final girl thing kind of caught on? Do you think it was... Because it was the main space that women were starring in films, like I, I'm, I'm just curious. What do you think?
0: Hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's mostly because of that, you know, because the female the star of the role. I mean, <clears throat> I know there's always debates about it, but it kind of goes back to Psycho,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, when the girl is like trying to find her sister who was killed by you know Norman 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 Bates. Um, there's always debate of whether she is. A final girl, because even though she was saved by a man, yeah, you know Sam Wilson, but she was the only survivor, so there's always debates about that, I think that's kind of where it came from, where it's like the final girl, the final survivor, the one that survives everything at all, everything like seeing her friends be butchered, seeing her friends be murdered, and yeah
1: yeah that that, that makes sense. I know uh from based on the research that we did uh the the author carol clover she kind of came up with a, a bit of a template for what the final girls kind of is like what traits she kind of represents and uh, that was kind of surprising to me i'll, I'll read over a few of them because you kind of wrote them down but uh some they were pretty some of them were familiar to me some of them were i guess not so familiar because of kind of the time period in which this was written but she said like uh the final girl in many films share similar ca- similar characteristics. They attempt- Uh, typically sexually unavailable or a version of some sort, avoids devices of victims, like, you know, drug use, drinking, pretty much all the things that I guess you could say society told women not to do. It's like occasionally she has a shared history of some sort with the killer. Like for some reason, the killer is always somebody from her past or somebody that she knows in some capacity. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Just like, for example, in the movie Scream. So, we we'll are definitely get to that. That's one of my favorite films. <laughs> and he's like the final girl. Oh, my girl. so. It's like literally my favorite horror film ever. Uh, and This is the final girl is the investigating conscious of the film. Like she seems to be the one that kind of moves the na- the narration forward. And she exhibits intelligence, curiosity, and vigilance, which doesn't sound like a bad thing, except for the, uh, the social aspect of it. <laughs> what do you think about the traits that she kind of uses to sum up a final girl?
0: Um... It's pretty accurate. You know, we've seen it in other movies. Of course, it it, it kind of changes because, you know, you mentioned Scream. Like, Scream kind of, like, diminished one of the biggest rules, quote-unquote, <clears throat> of a final girl. And the one thing I love about Scream is the fact that they mention all these tropes. You know, never say, I'll be right back. Never yep. go by yourself. You know, um, even, like, what was his name? Ugh, that guy who was a freaking horror fanatic. Um, he was talking about the rules when they're watching Halloween. Oh, you talking and about, I think it
1: was Jamie Kennedy or something like that who played the rule? Yeah,
0: yeah. And he was talking about Jamie Lee Curtis' character, where he was just like, yeah, she's a scream queen because she never showed her body. She never had sex. That's a big no-no and you survive. Where you have Sidney Prescott, she ends up having sex with her boyfriend and still ends up being the final girl. So she kind of broke that rule. And I feel like for the 90s going forward, it changed completely. Like, you know, um, Clover's definition of final girl definitely became modern with different takes of what is a final girl.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point, uh, especially with Scream. Because, yeah, you said she definitely broke those tropes. She, she went against the grain entirely. And even dating back to when she, uh, when Clover was kind of what she initially started talking about this trope in, in slasher films. A lot of this stuff is relevant, but I know that uh even if you go back before Scream was in the late 90s, right? I think it was like 98 or mm-hmm. something like that. If you go back to like a film that even we reviewed, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh Nancy, I guess in some in a lot of ways would be considered a final girl, but I don't I don't I don't know in my opinion, I feel like she doesn't f- she fits most of the tropes. Of a final girl, but not necessarily all of them. Like she had a boyfriend, so I, I guess I don't know. I didn't. Maybe I was wrong, to, or maybe I was right to assume naturally that she wasn't a virgin because it was like she has a boyfriend. <laughs> it seems like they've been together for a while, and but then also now that I think about it, sex wasn't a very big part of that story anyway. Like so, I, I don't, I don't know. Would you say she was a virgin or not? Like I don't even know if that they mentioned that in Nightmare Elm Street.
0: I don't know. I mean. Maybe she was, because remember, her friend was basically having sex all the time with her boyfriend, and her boyfriend was when I saw her die, so it, it, she kind of does fit the mold, because she's, you know, she was the girl that doesn't engage in that, she never really engaged that much with her boyfriend, um, Nancy, um, she was never into the whole partying, drinking, all she wanted to do was survive, but also, there's another article that I read, where it says that how sometimes final girl is almost without gender. She's neither feminine or she's neither masculine, which kind of resonates with Nancy. You know, Nancy was a, wasn't a typical pristine, you know, girly girl. You know, she had those traits where she was just like, no, I'm I'm going to fight Freddie. I'm going to find him. I'm going to kill him. And you saw her, like, finding all these books to trap him, to bring him back into the real world. And the same thing with Sidney Prescott. You know, like, yeah, at the beginning, she was very, like, I guess quote-unquote girl, girly girl. But even at the end, she fought back. She knew what she had to do. The same thing with Jamie Lee Curtis' character in Halloween. You know, she—it was just like they're genderless in a way, the final girl, which is I think it's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it, it is interesting to think about because I, I I recall like I we've we've seen seen them all like Nightmare on Elm, Street, Scream, and tons of other examples that we've seen in some articles. We uh mm-hmm. you know a lot of people tend to consider that a downside to being a final girl. They'd say, well, like yeah. you know if the the opposite of her, let's say like her best friend is usually the one that's like super promiscuous or highly sexual or highly sexualized throughout the film, whether she's like walking around randomly topless or you know you always have those scenes in horror movies where there's the girl who's like hypersexual and because of that. She usually has like some random scene where she's topless for some reason. Whether she's murdered when she's topless, murdered right after just having sex, and you kind of wonder. It, it kind of I don't know. It kind of makes me think: Is it bad that the the final girl isn't hypersexualized, or is it just bad because the opposite portrayal of it usually leads to death?
0: Right. I think so. It's funny because like um, I think the other reason why. The friends who are, you know, very much into the whole promiscuous thing dies because, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, that was the rise of women liberation, you know, where they were like kind of comfortable in their skin, comfortable with their sexuality, where, you know, horror films, you know, they saw that and was just like no, the final girl must be pure, must be innocent, must be obedient. So therefore, let's kill the friend who's who's promiscuous. Let's kill the friend who's who's this and that. And it's crazy how like that, it's, it's so interesting how that is because, you know, women do get punished a lot in these films for being that way. Or they're always saved by the man, like psycho, you know, to satisfy the audience. Yeah. And, um... And like I mentioned, you no know, Sydney Prescott, she changed the mold of what a final girl is. And even now, like today's world, like final girls, they're having sex, they're open about it. You know, they fight back, they defend it. So they kind of broke that whole mold. And again, like I just love, I just love how much the final girl has changed so much over the years, especially now. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's always been honestly one of my favorite personally my one of my favorite tropes in all of horror um for um some selfish reasons and some non-selfish reasons (laughs) the selfish reasons being that one i'm a heterosexual straight man so honestly any opportunity to see a woman is always awesome (laughs) (laughs) so that, that that part of it is just like yeah uh the i guess like the other side of that uh, was I don't I I I grew up in a, where in a family, and I, I would say even a world where I've seen a lot of powerful women. So whether they were in my family, whether they were friends of my family, uh, I I knew and know a lot of like really powerful women women who kind of stood on their own or weren't afraid to kind of tell you how they feel. And I've always liked seeing, in my opinion, reflections of that. And that, and I feel like personally, horror is a space where I've constantly seen reflections of that. Whether like, uh, whether it's films like even *The Witch*, which is like a evolution of of that of that trope in a lot of ways, because this, this trope has been around for so long. But so even if it's films like *The Witch*, where I have
0: you seen *The Witch*? No, I actually haven't. I heard of it, but never watched it.
1: Okay. I'm... I, Okay, I'm not gonna spoil the whole because I kind of want you to watch it at some point. This is I really enjoy the <laughs> film. It's a really good film. Uh, that this film, that film definitely takes some pieces of that story, pieces of that idea of a final girl, and I would say twists it in some really interesting ways. So you know, um, I guess quick overview. Like in that movie, it's basically it's about a witch. So basically, like there's this family living in like the like I think like 1600s or something. And things are happening around them, whether it's their crops dying or being excommunicated from the church. There are a lot of things happening that at that time period would be extremely negative and, like, put a family kind of in peril and just kind of on the crutches of society. And uh, a lot of the th- issues that comes with that family that's happening to that family gets blamed on a daughter, mm. like the oldest daughter, for one reason or another, because... Some people believe there's a witch out there. There's a million different things that are kind of happening. But a lot of it keeps getting pinned on the daughter. And uh, by the end of that film, some parts of that kind of flip around in a really interesting, unique way. Uh, And uh, so, like, I I like to see... Personally, I like to see like powerful female roles. Like I grew up watching like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, the movie was super campy, <laughs> but the TV show as well. I loved watching it. Was like really, in my personal opinion, it's really cool to just watch women kick ass, no differently than watching dudes kick ass. But the only difference is, as a man, I'm attracted to one more than one than the other. <laughs> but it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's just I think it's really cool to see women kick ass.
0: No, oh, yeah, it definitely is. Like it's just. Ugh. And you know what's also interesting about the whole Final Girl things is because um even even when they do survive and they do make several of sequels, like "Scream," and they're making a fifth one now, or like Halloween, there's like, I don't know like ten, eleven different Halloween, yeah. <laughs> um the thing about the Final Girl, too that does change is um the aftermath. Like what happens after she survives the first movie? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes she dies in a sequel, like Nancy. You know, she died in in Nightmare Three. Um, oh wow, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, the the girl who survived in the first Friday the Thirteenth movie, she died in the sequel. You know, um, and stuff like that, and also the trauma. You know, even though Sydney did survive mm-hmm. the first movie, look how paranoid she got she was so paranoid in Scream 2, in Scream 3, in Scream 4. You know, like, it followed her. And she, even in Scream 3, she isolated herself in a secluded area because she felt, this is the only place I'm safe. This is the only place I know he won't find me. And the same thing for Halloween. No matter how many different versions there are, Lori is always on defense of, like, my brother could find me any moment and kill me even is even is even sort of h2o and i actually recently watched h2o because um <laughs> i'm gonna name drop amc <laughs> dropping their you know their fright fest stuff um they've been giving the halloween marathon and in h2o you see it you know she has a son and every halloween she's always on the edge and she's always telling her son like i don't want you going out, i don't want you doing halloween he's just like yo he's dead he's not gonna come back and she even mentions that how she changed her name, she changed her identity, because she was always terrified of Michael coming back. And then in the 19, in the 2018 Halloween movie, which is a direct sequel to the first one.
1: Yeah, I like that one a lot. She,
0: yeah, you, you see how much it really traumatized her. Where, like, she had to prepare her daughter for worst-case scenario. If he comes back, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You know, like, that's what people don't think about, too. And um, I think my favorite the, my favorite idea of the whole trauma could be seen in When a Stranger Calls. I don't know if you've seen that movie before.
1: I've seen pieces of it. I, I have to, that was the, a remake as well, right? Like, there was a regional and a remake. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. it all the way through.
0: Both were amazing. I love both of them. So, in the sequel, I mean the sequel, the, the remake, The Final Girl, she survives But then she's left being traumatized where she's having nightmares of the guy. Even though they caught him, she's having nightmares. And that Mm -hmm. is the one thing about the trope that some people tend to miss is the aftermath of it. Like, is she safe? Is she survived? Sometimes the final girl is institutionized. Sometimes she's killed. You know, like, um, what is it? Final Destination. The final girl, the girlfriend. She was the only one that survived to her friends who died and where was she? In the mental institution. Because that's the only place she felt safe.
1: That's very true.
0: Um, yeah, and that that's that's the one thing about final girls that people tend to forget is that it's the trauma, it's the aftermath, what happens to them after.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good point because a lot of times in horror movies you're at the end of it you're kinda left with. You kind of left with the thought of, well, I assume this character is going to be traumatized based on the experience. Like you just saw maybe like eight people, you know, get murdered and then you had to fight the murderer. That by default has to be traumatizing, whether it's real or fake, as you want to call it. Uh, One thing I love about the the horror genre is that they actually confront that trauma. Like uh, horror as a whole, as a whole genre, never has been shy about confronting the weird and the fucked up and the disturbing Parts of what comes with trauma, whether it's your personal trauma that you just already kind of had just from like, you know, existing or the trauma of dealing with the villain of the film or the trauma of your just whatever your personal situation is like horror. I feel like is one genre where it's never been afraid to either go talk about it in a way that like is somewhat uncomfortable, but uh, but overcomable, like it's possible to overcome. That's one thing mm-hmm. about trauma, um, one thing about horror that I really like. It will bring your trauma to the forefront, but it will also make you, a lot of the time, makes the character have to overcome it. And I, I really appreciate that. And like you said with the example with Halloween, I really liked the 2018 film. film. I watched that a while back. That was really good because, one, Halloween's been around. I, I didn't even realize too recently when you were talking about it. Halloween's been around since 1978. That is old
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
1: that is old as fuck like i was born in 89 that is old that is that is way before i was born and the thing that is still mm-hmm. relevant today they're even making another sequel following following up to the 2018 version and mm-hmm. yeah they uh her character one thing i really like when people talk about the evolution of the final girl one thing i really like about laurie's character is her evolution into becoming a bit of a survivalist like from what I recall, mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't watched the original one in a long, long time, and I and I probably watched part two a little bit more than the original ones. I really liked the Doctor character; he was he was hilarious to me. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, when, Sam Wilson. Yeah, he was great. He was that, that Doctor was great. He was a man. Uh, but Lori, like at first in the series, at least from what I recall, at first she wasn't. Necess- she was more of a Danzo. Like she was a dandel. She she definitely you know fit the bill for a final girl. She was a Danzo. She, of course, Michael's her brother, so she's she's trying to avoid the trauma of that situation. But, like, she was surviving from film to film, but she wasn't really, I would say, like, actively preparing for the danger that was to come. It was more so like she was kind of, you know, like a regular person, kind of hoping to get past it at some point. And then Michael Myers just kind of kept, you know, reoccurring because they kept making sequels. <laughs> so that kind of happens. Yeah. And that, that was really cool. And then for us to see that evolution... In a 2018 film where she's like, no, I'm actually going to prepare now because I'm realizing that this situation is completely unavoidable. So I'm just going to prepare in every way that I possibly can. I I thought one, that was really, that was really awesome because for for a few reasons, I thought that was really awesome. One, in the film world in general, we just don't see older women like we just don't. We I I can't even recall many like older women movie stars like we just don't see that let alone them being, like, the lead of the film and, like, the hero of the film and, like, not, like, a, like, just a slapstick character or somebody who's just joking. Like, her character in the 2018 film was straight up, like, an older woman who's been through this shit enough, kind of over it, (laughs) but kind of preparing for the day that this thing happens again while at the same time being, like, matured and, like, didn't have a problem with being kind of grisly but also caring. And I don't think we see that type of character a lot, especially from like a woman. We usually don't see those kind of characters on film, so that's why I like that movie.
0: No, definitely. And the thing too about Halloween, um, fun story. Originally, Michael Myers wasn't her brother. They changed it just to give it more definition.
1: Oh, I never. Because in the that.
0: first one, he had no motive. Yeah, he had no motive. He just wanted to kill people. That was that was it. He had no reason for being what he was. It was only until afterwards that they say, oh yeah, that's, that's my brother. I think in a sequel they established that to make it more like, oh my god, you know. Um, but originally, yeah, she was, he wasn't her brother. They weren't related. They just changed it for storyline. And um, to get back into the 2018 Halloween, the one thing I loved the most about that film is the fact that they showed the effect she had on her children, her daughter, her daughter was so like, I don't want to be near you. She made me grow up this way. She raised me this way. She knew how to use a firearm. She she had a bunker in her basement. And her daughter was just like, I don't want to be part of you. I don't want to be part of the family. You know, you get to say hi to my daughter once a week or once a week. I forgot what it was. And her husband had asked, like, why are you like this with your mom? And then you find out because of what Lori went through, you know, in the first Halloween it makes sense for her to be like, I'm going to prepare my child and myself for the worst case scenario in yeah. case he finds me. We need to be ready cause I do not want to get through that. And I just love the fact that they showed the aftermath of that, like what her daughter went through, through her eyes. And then you see, you're just like, wow, like you kind of you kind of feel bad for her. And you also feel bad for Lori that she has to live like this for the whole entire life.
1: Yeah, you definitely feel bad for them. I think that's that's a big part of the trope of being a final girl is like uh for, fortunately with a film you get to see like living the character's life for a little while. So you can really see like kind of where they were prior to the trauma of the end of the film. And you see mm-hmm. that in a lot in any film that has a final girl. And I I just think it's it, reading the article about how this how that trope has evolved was like really insightful for me. As somebody who's been watching these films like pretty much since I can walk, uh, like, hell, family family night in my house when I was a kid was horror movies. So <laughs> same, <laughs> so, same, <laughs> yeah. So watching these things since I was a kid to to now, it's really interesting to see how the trope has evolved. You know, some fi- some articles have even talked about the character in in the movie uh, what was the one I am thinking of, uh, Re- uh, Ready or Not. That was a pretty good one. I don't know if you you saw that one. I think that was with like Samara Weave- Weaving or something like that. Did you see that one?
0: I haven't seen that one. No, I heard of it, though, but I haven't seen it. Um, I know they also mentioned the following. I saw the following before. I've actually watched it. And yeah, and going into the evolution of the final girl, yeah, it's no longer tied to a slasher film. Yeah. Final girls are found in supernatural films now, monster films now, you know, like revenge films now. And um, Jennifer's Body supernatural oh, yeah, but also revenge <laughs> you know like she took revenge for what they did to her friend you know they turned into an incubi <laughs> they turned wait um no they, turn, they turned into a succubus yeah. and um you know she got revenge and the guys who did it you know final girl the trope did change
1: yeah it's, it's definitely changed and I, like and i'm happy you made that point about it stepping even outside of like just slasher films because you're right now in a way you can look at a lot of a lot of action films or even a lot of uh thriller type films, I guess that somewhat falls on the horror. You can even look at those for examples of films about the character about final Girls, because it's everything now and i and it's, i know they t- a lot of people tie the title of a final girl very close to a scream queen <laughs> from from our research but it's it's really cool to see how it's evolved mm-hmm. there's been there's so many films now like re- revenge was one that someone mentioned in an article reached actually saw that movie so it was like revenge is another one that was a situation where the quote-unquote final girl is completely sexualized throughout like i would say the first maybe 30 to 40 minutes of the film like completely hyposec hyposexual mm-hmm. character she's like, like the. have you seen that film
0: no i mean it's kind of triggering i don't think i want to watch it don't blame but- me but uh, yeah, I read this. I read. I read the gist of it. Yeah, like she unfortunately gets raped, but then she comes back and takes revenge on the guys who basically sexually harassed her. Yeah, but sexually assaulted her, and yeah, final girl. You know, again, like it's no longer tied to a slasher film where someone's chasing them. They're like, oh no! Like now it's just like, no, I'm gonna get revenge for what you did to me.
1: Exactly, and it it was that film was definitely one hundred percent that just hypersexualized character. Like she was sleeping with a guy throughout like the first bit of the movie. Situation occurs, she was being raped, and then they they pretty much try to this is like the setup for the film. But they pretty much like try to kill her because they assume that the moment she gets back to like civilization, as you can say, because they were kind of in like a way out area in this really nice house. They assumed well, if we get back to regular civilization, she'll tell somebody that. She was raped, so the dude just like pushes her off a cliff and was like, "We're done with this." And it pretty much from that point forward, the film kind of becomes like a survivalist film because it's like a combination of like skills that you didn't know that she had, <laughs> like you know, just basic things like you know, mm-hmm. like using a gun, bow and arrow, how to like seal up a wound, stuff like that. And the rest of the film was pretty much like that. I would I would call that film honestly like a a milder version of I Spit on Your Grave, which that film in my opinion is far too graphic. <laughs> As somebody who watches graphic stuff, I don't know if you've ever seen I Spit on Your Grave, but I would not recommend I think
0: I, I think I think I asked you about that and I was like, is it good? I think you said yeah it's good but I haven't watched it either. Okay, now I know I 'cause
1: I wouldn't recommend that film to anyone. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I, like and I, I no offense Damn. to the directors, no offense to to the people involved in the film or anything like that, but I would never recommend that film to anyone because of how gruesome it is. It just like and it it, it fits into the Triple of Final Girl very much so, but it's 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 too much in my opinion. It's it's like if you want to watch somebody basically get psychologically and physically decimated for about forty minutes and then watch like fifteen to twenty minutes of revenge, sure the movie is for you because they've made I think about eight of those anyway. So that series as a whole apparently people like it i'm not mad at the people who like it i'm not mad at anybody involved with it but it's just not for me i was like this was too much i don't one i don't like to watch rape and horror at all it's just not my thing and i don't think most people Mm. go into films hoping to see rape i would hope not (laughs) so like that's not my thing yeah but uh the way they do the way they pretty much traumatize and attack that woman in that film before it gets to her getting to revenge was even too much for me i had to fast forward through like most of the film until I got straight to the point of her just uh, killing people because I was like, this is a lot. Like I just, I, I, I don't do good with rape scenes in any film. I literally fast forward through it. I think the only film that I've watched the rape scene in intentionally was like the movie, uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. And that's because a friend who recommended the movie to me was like, it's kind of important to the rest of the film and it's not long. So I was like, all right, I'll bear through it. But normally rape scenes come up, I'm out. <laughs> it's not my thing.
0: Same, same. It's it's triggering for me, so I can never watch it. It's just too triggering for me. um Just for disclaimer, this is a lot because for those who's been listening for these past few episodes, as like I mentioned before, Kendall always picks the most craziest ass movies. That makes me go, "What the hell, Kendall?" <laughs> So for him to say he's not recommending a movie says a lot. Just saying. Just saying.
1: You're right. Because I'm, I'm not the harshest critic. I'm, more, I'm the kind of guy to watch a film. And if they've noticed by now, pretty much from all the movies that we've done, we're what, episode seven now. We're not exactly hard critics. Like, we're, like we find things in the films mm-hmm. that we like and we, we, we can talk about the thing that we like forever. And if it's something we don't like, we're, we're cool with that too. But we definitely are like, hey, I enjoyed this film. We're those, those kind of people. And, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. rare that I would be straight up just be like, I'm not with this film ever. <laughs> like, that is super rare. And I can't even think of many films ever yeah. in any genre that I would feel that way about.
0: Um, But when you were talking about Revenge, and I did read an article about it. It kind of reminded me of um, Junji Ito's Tomei. And I don't know if any of you know about Junji Ito. Don't he's a very famous horror horror manga artist and writer. He's, he's notorious. He's a Stephen King over there in Japan. Oh, um wow. And it's kind of like that. Tomei a girl. You know, she was, like, kind of promiscuous. You know, she had a reputation. She kind of had, like, an affair with a teacher. He didn't want everybody right to find out. So what he did, he got his class. He got the whole class together to kill her. And when she came back, she came back as a succubus, basically taking revenge on everybody. But the downside of it was the fact that Whenever she gets brought back, she always gets killed and then gets brought back again. Over oh, there's like so many different stories of her. What, hold like, on, what is ugh. this? This is a movie but, a manga? Or? It's a manga, and it's called Tomei. It's a it's huge amount of stories about her. It's it's crazy. It's it's really sad too, because in the beginning you're just like, oh my god, what the hell, this girl is crazy. But then you're just like, damn, like you really feel bad for her. What they did to her, you know? Like she comes back for revenge, you know? It's it's not Final Girl esque. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but in a sense she she's immortal so she can't really die <laughs> even though when she does die she always comes back anyway uh. but that's what reminded me when you when were talking about revenge and jennifer's body it reminds me so much of that of to like for those who read manga who are really into junji ito or not read it. it it's such a good series i recommend it it's so good
1: i might check that out that sounds pretty cool
0: <laughs> i'm trying to think about it because again like we said like Friday Girl has changed so much, like Revenge and Supernatural, you know, like It Follows, Supernatural film about a demon, you know, who chases after you for having sex, but the girl survives.
1: Yeah, I guess um, by their definition, that that film, that kind of demon or kind of film kind of fits into the old purity thing, the old purity issue that mm-hmm. they used to have in those films. That's what It Follows as well. And it was a cool idea. Really, I enjoyed the film. It was a pretty cool idea. But I guess doing research when it, when that film came up, I definitely thought to myself, does this take us backwards? Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. did we evolve past this? Or is, should I just look at this as a cool concept? Like, I kind of wasn't sure.
0: Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the same. Um, another interesting, like, supernatural final girl could be Carrie, you know, her friend, the oh, girl yeah. who witnessed everybody die and, you know, you know, at the end, it was like, oh, Carrie gets into L. She goes and visits her grave, and boom, she has nightmares from the trauma of what she endured. And then I love how they brought her back in Carrie 2, the rage. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny how her character became the the school therapist, where she counseled a whole bunch of girls. And I love the scene where she's trying to counsel some girls who witnessed this, this one of the classmates killing themselves. And then the cop had told her, it was just like, was like, why are you still trying to save that girl you couldn't save? And they show flashbacks of her witnessing Carrie go ape shit on everybody. <laughs> and that's another example of trauma from being a final girl. You know, she, she's living with that. She's trying to atone for what happened because she was one of the girls who bullied Carrie. So in the rage, her being a counselor is like, I guess her way of trying to atone for what she did. But she still has the trauma of what she witnessed. You know, all her friends died. All her friends were killed. You know, she's had nightmares forever because of Carrie. So that's a prime example of like the fact. And the same thing with I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't seen
1: that in a long time.
0: I wouldn't say Julie is like a final girl in a sense. She kind of is. But she kind of isn't because she's always getting saved by her boyfriend. In a Mm -hmm. sense but that too trauma you know she watched all her friends die and then the sequel you know she lied about what happened to her friends to her new friends that she met in college she was always cautious of when she got a letter or a note because she was like oh my god is it him is it him and again trauma you know she's paranoid she's this is that and- that's the one thing, again, like, I-, I love that they show it, and like you said, like, horror movies gives them the chance to confront it. You know, like, Sydney Prescott, mm-hmm. even though what she went through, after a while, the third and the fourth one, she was just like, alright, I'm done with the shit. I'm gonna go head on. Who the hell is this time? Who's messing with me now? Like, now she plunges after, you know, Ghostface. She doesn't hide anymore, because <laughs> yeah. she's like, I'm done with the shit. I, I want to end this now. And You know, again, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Laurie Strode or Ripley from Alien. You know, Ripley also was a badass. She was just like, "I'm done with this shit. I'm gonna kill these aliens."
1: Yeah, Ripley was not playing the games. Like, and I watched, I revisited that that franchise a few, like, a year ago. Actually, Actually, probably about eight months ago. And even I was kind of surprised by how badass the character she was as a character. I was like, man, this. This must have been something else when that came out. I forgot what year the 1st Alien came out. It was like maybe 88 or something, maybe further back. I don't even remember the year. But I was like, this must have been something else to see at the time because like you could kind of say with Ripley, she wasn't really sexualized. She wasn't, uh, or as you could say, she was pretty much uh, gender neutral in a way, her portrayal in a lot of ways. Like, you know, she had a little mm-hmm. bit of curly hair and stuff like that, but like that, considering the time period in which it seems like that film is supposed to take place, um, mm-hmm. she seemed very much like a worker, like a worker type, worker bee type, like all she wasn't wearing like dresses or anything like that. She was dressed for the job that she was doing, which was, you know, working in space. And even then she had, I would say she had moments where you were like, well, yeah, clearly she's a woman, but, uh, she was... She wasn't very sexualized, but at the same time, she went through that transformation where you kinda and that pretty much every final girl goes through and and horror movies where, you know, at one moment they're kind of the damsel, then the next moment they're the badass. But in her case I would say she wasn't really the damsel; it was just more so she was, I would say getting an idea of what the landscape was before she decided, okay, we need to kill this shit. (laughs) She she was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Like, hold on. How are they reproducing? How, how did they kill you? How did this, like they were going, she was kind of going through like, you know, as they say, the, she was the conscious of the narrative, the narrative and kind of pulling things forward with her intelligence to get a good understand of understanding of what, was how, what they were dealing with and how they can deal with it before she kind of, sprung into action or having no other choice and I thought that was really cool because she didn't seem outside of her element either that was one thing I feel like with a lot of horror movies with the final girl it's you know it's it's everyday people right so if there you find out there's some random serial killer just killing you and your friends with like a knife or a chainsaw or whatever and then now you as a regular everyday person has to conjure up the abilities to kill somebody that's definitely outside of your wheelhouse but in the case of Ripley I would mm-hmm. say it's it was still kind of science-based and she has the un- understanding of science and understanding of her own abilities. It didn't feel like a weird character jump when she sprung into action.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think Alien, the first one, came out around the same time as a Terminator. You know, Sarah Connor was also a badass. You know, good. I guess we <laughs> could say she's also kind of like a final girl as well. You know, well, actually, no. Because in the first one, she does get saved by John Connor. Um no Kyle Reese she got saved by Kyle, Kyle Reese, Reese. But I would still put her in that category see, but then you, yeah because you see in the first one she was a damsel Sarah Connor was a damsel in the first one mm-hmm. she didn't know what the hell was going on she was just like why is this thing coming after me you know Kyle Reese saying oh you're the mother of this of the, <laughs> you're the mother of John Connor who saves the whole world you know this whole revolution in the future she's just like well okay <laughs> and then you see the sequel Judgment Day and everything she went through in the first one, you see her being like, I'm ready, I'm prepared, I have an arsenal, and I'm ready to kick ass. And you see the whole transformation from the first one to this one, to the sequel. Um, I haven't seen the newest Terminator. I know she re- she returns, yep. Sarah Connor in that one. Still a badass. Um, <laughs> of course. Sarah Connor, man. Like, If I was in a room, and I was in danger... I would want to make sure that I have Laurie Strode, Ripley, and Sarah Connor there. I'm like, you know, what? I'm good. I'm safe. I am safe. But but yeah, she was kind of like, in a way, a final girl in a sense. Sarah Connor, kind yeah. of.
1: I would you know? I would put her in that category because she did go through the same experiences that a final girl tends to go through. Like, uh, in a way, you could say she kind of broke some of the norms that Sydney broke even back then. Because remember, she has she mm-hmm. has sex in the first one. She has sex in the very first one, yeah. which leads to you know John Connor's birth. She su- she survives mm-hmm. the film, of course. She becomes you know hardened by the experience, and in some way, some way you could say battle worn. So she has a better understanding of how to deal with the Terminator next time around. And and her trauma is what led to her being the badass that we know. In every way. She's training the leader of the revolution. She's doing all of these things. She's like the known go to Terminator killer. Like everybody knows how badass she is in the future and in the present. (laughs) And so much so that the franchise does not shy away from that. They don't even make, in my opinion, any other woman in that franchise on her level. Like, there is no one else in that franchise as you can go, wow, she's just as good as Sarah Connor. That thought does not even occur. They didn't even, they had, a, what, maybe a female Terminator, one of them, and even then it was like, nope, Sarah Connor is still the shit. She even had her own TV show at one point, which I really enjoyed that show. I was
0: gonna mention that. I was gonna mention that. Like Sarah Connor was such a badass. I had to give her own show, yeah, that, the Sarah Chronicles.
1: Yeah, and that show was literally about her. Like, of course, her son was in it, and of course, it's about the Terminators. But the show, which I I really enjoyed that show. That show was, in my opinion, really well done. They only had like two seasons or something, but the mm-hmm. show was pretty much about like you know her dealing with the trauma of the situ of what happened. Her dealing with the realization that she has to prepare her son for the revolution while at the same time try to, you know, raise a kid to be kind of normal. And it's like how hard that must be knowing you're like essentially holding the fate of the humanity in your hands every day by giving it a hug. But then you also have to treat him like he's a human. It, it was a really well done show, in my opinion. So I would totally say she's a final girl. It just The franchise just went way longer with it than we expected.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also because it's different universes, but... That's True. no, that's a different, that's a different discussion. <laughs> that we have no time for that because I'm a huge Terminator nerd, and I will go on and on and on about that. So, yeah.
1: Good point. Good point.
0: Um, yeah, but yeah, but like again, the Final Girl is just, is, is just really amazing in how much has changed, um, how much it it had it has evolved. Like, it's just, it's just wow. It's just very wow.
1: Yeah, I wonder. I know it normally doesn't, but I a small part of me wonders if like the final girl trope kind of also includes like if it kind of includes villains too, because I think of like that movie. I think when you talked about this movie before briefly, the movie Raw, which is actually one one of the articles we read references that French film. I believe it was a French film called raw about like this girl whose family is all like vegan and they just none of them eat meat ever and they have like a very strict thing about being vegan and then she goes to school goes to the school for like veterinarian and, and then she kind of discovers that like her family is essentially cannibals <laughs> very weird oh yeah insane like plot twist um that comes pretty early in the movie but it's like a wild plot twist and it's like her dealing with that experience and then you I, I would say in a way she's a villain of the film uh like she of that film in particular, like we don't have to get into all the details of it. But in a way, she's kind of the villain and the hero of that story. It's so that's very dear. I don't know if you put that under the final girl. Some people seem to. But what do you think?
0: I would say so. Again, like it, it really has changed. It evolved so much. You know, there's no longer a guidelines of what defines as a final girl anymore. As long as you survives, you're our final girl. You know, that, that's how I see it nowadays. No, seriously, that's how I see it. I feel like it evolves so much that as long as you survive, you're a final girl. And I think um, it's funny you mentioned Raw because there's an article I read that they mentioned Alien versus Predator. You know, the female mm-hmm. girl that was there, final girl, she oh, yeah, survived sister. on her own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was
1: Lakin, if, if I recall. I think it was Sonaliken. Lake. Sonata Lake.
0: Yeah, and that was it was so badass because, you know, the Predators kind of saw her as their own. They didn't cack yeah. her. They didn't do anything. They marked her. They gave her a mark that only they have as warriors. Yeah. They saw her as an equal.
1: They gave her weapons and everything. They made a weapon for her. I'm mad they never brought her back. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, man. You had the sister fighting with Predators. You don't bring her back?
0: I <laughs> know. Um, I was so bummed, too. But, yeah, they... They mention her, too, as being dubbed a final girl. So, therefore, you kind of do see how much it changed. You know, as long as you're you're a survivor, you survived, you're the only one standing, you're defined as a final girl. You know, that that's it. And it's just, it's just so interesting how much it changed.
1: Yeah, and there's, 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 there's a million more examples, but one I kind of want to mention... As Well, I know it was a movie that you personally told me you never want to review again because of how much it scared you was but hereditary <laughs> uh that movie if
0: only you could if only you could see my face right now I have like the only stoic face like <laughs> that movie is the devil
1: yeah, that movie is is wild, and I feel that movie is so wild I feel like even without the supernatural element, it would still be a good film because it's just you're literally watching a family fall apart for like two hours and it's it's traumatic. And that the, the actress, the lead actress, I forgot how you say her name. I think it's like Toni Collette. She's like Australian or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people with to consider her like a final girl as well because she's done a few horror movies. I mean, she even did another movie with, uh, I think it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, yeah, it's called like Velvet Buzzsaw. It's like a mm-hmm. horror movie, another horror movie, a little bit more of a dark comedy. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. like this, they're like art people and like the art is starting to kill people. It was like really weird. Oh, I
0: saw that movie. I saw that movie. So I like that movie. It it made me laugh. It was funny. It made me laugh. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was really funny. That's why I want to be as an artist. (laughs) That's my dream as an artist to have my art kill you. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that's how I know I made it into the art world.
1: So all of you art collectors out there, you know now you just find Jackie. Her artwork may or may not kill you, but that's the that's the upside to it. It's paid top dollar.
0: (laughs) I'm a monster. I'm a monster. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but uh yeah hereditary is another good example i would say like i like uh i guess yeah you get the people like to put her in the category of like a scream queen or a final girl because of she's pretty much a lead in that film and there's a lot of things happening around her that's really crazy you know with, between it's a spirit or just things happening with the family i like man that movie I've I've only seen it one time, but it is so memorable because her scream when her when she discovers that her child died it was so striking. I was like, "Oh my god!" And it, and it's funny when she was even talking about the film. I think in like an interview, she was like, there were no easy scenes in that film. Every scene just felt like it felt hard, it was just like super demanding of her." But yeah, it's, that's another film where you could say that she's a final girl, and a, at that, an older one, which I can't recall many of those. Like I said, outside of Jamie Lee Curtis in, like, the 2018 version. Yeah. I can't think of many, like, older Mm -hmm. final girls. They're usually, like, you know, teenagers or, like, early 20s. Whether they're sexualized or not, Mm -hmm. they're usually, you know, super pretty. So that's pretty interesting as well. We've kind of gotten to that point.
0: And the one thing about Hereditary too, I mean, again, that movie was just, like, I I only saw it once, and I saw it in my friend's house with the whole family, her whole family. Mm -hmm. I was so freaked out so freaked out we had to go on reddit just to read about it because we we couldn't sleep that's all and nothing scares that girl my friend nothing scares her she loves horror movies more than i do and nothing freaks her out and that freaked her out um understandably but the one thing about yeah but the one thing about hereditary is that the director um i forgot his name he loves and this is the one thing i love about hereditary is that he loves to evoke the human emotion that is why the Hereditary movie and even Midsummer is so yeah. like memorable. He loves to tap into their emotion. Where he, yeah, it makes sense for her to say that how it was difficult the movie, because he does that. He pushes you. He wants you to show all your human emotions. That's the one thing he loves to show. Yeah, his, his name is uh, Ari side. Aster.
1: That's his name, Ari Aster. Yeah,
0: like he's he's a, he's brilliant in my mind. He's brilliant as a writer and director. Like he knows how to really get under your skin. Even in midsummer, you know I know we're kind of derailing from the topic, but like actually no, midsummer, final girl. Yeah, yeah midsummer. She, definitely. She's a final girl. Yep. Um, when you when she finds out that her sister killed her parents, that scream, her crying, saying no, no, no. Like you feel so uncomfortable as a viewer watching that. Yes. Like you feel like I shouldn't be watching this. Why am I watching this? You know. And then when she sees her boyfriend. In that weird ass ritual they had with him, and you see her freaking out crying, and you see everybody else everyone else crying around her, that also kind of makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable too <laughs> yeah like he's he's good at that he's good at making you the viewer very uncomfortable but but yeah, midsummer she's the final girl because all her friends died, and she was the only one that survived and after all the trauma she went through with her family, her boyfriend, all this stuff, like you kind of have a sense of satisfaction for her. Like, yeah, she witnessed her friends or her boyfriend being burned alive <laughs> in this weird <laughs> ritual. But then after the crying, you see her smile, like in a sense of like, okay, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah, she found a home. Uh, That's kind I'm of what good. I am from it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's 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 kind of like it's different from what we're used to in the aftermath of the final girl. Like I said, the trauma. For her, she was satisfied with the outcome. She was free. There was no trauma latched onto her. It was in the beginning. But then at the, as the end progresses and the whole you see the whole final act, she's liberated. She's fine. She's free. So that, that's a different take of a final girl of the aftermath of it. But... Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a really good point because uh, you could literally make the argument that they kind of did trauma in reverse for that particular movie. Because mm-hmm. normally you get like the girl, the final girl, she's kind of going through the film, not necessarily traumatized throughout the film, kind of more so at the end, which after she's dealt with the final result, whether it was killing the killer, or whatever it was, she's usually traumatized like mm-hmm. at the end. And you can definitely make the argument that Midsummer did that in reverse, where she was traumatized from the beginning of the film, and then by the end of it, she is getting over her trauma, which is an entirely different way of viewing a final girl. But she still is; she still fits the bill. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that was—I mean, it has that movie has like you know like um, debates of whether it's good or not. It wasn't really scary, but I, I will say it visually was beautiful. It really made you feel high. <laughs> it makes you feel like you're in an acid trip through the whole entire movie, but um, but yeah, like I said, like the evolution of Final Girl, that's another example of how much it is changed.
1: Yeah, it's it's at this point we we, we you you almost don't even know what people are going to do with the next because the trope has gone so far, it's been stretched, been flipped done in so many ways I, even some research that i discovered you saw that some people are calling even guys in the in similar cases the final guy which is funny because i've literally never heard anyone say that but <laughs> apparently that's a term neither that's have
0: petul- i <laughs> oh god yeah you know, leave it alone man just like <laughs> the final girl alone only the final girl like man always survives come on yeah
1: i think adding it to the to the guys is just like we already star in so many films. Well, not me because I'm black, but, but the guys already star in so many films. Yeah. <laughs> that it's like you don't really need to add a special name for it. It's just a film at that point. Like Unless you want to talk about Get Out or something. But that's a whole other topic we're going to get to at some point where we talk about like you know people of color and minorities and horror movies. Cause that's, that's a whole other example. I guess in that case, if you want to call him a final god, sure, go for it because black people usually don't make it (laughs) but that's that's totally different
0: neither do brown girl like your girl (laughs) neither do we we're just the humor we're either the humor of the of the whole movies
1: yeah you get to be the sassy best friend
0: (laughs) yep who gets killed and i'm just like why why (laughs)
1: <laughs> i i want to ask you i know we already spoke about like the, the history of the trope the evolution of the trope all that stuff different examples who is your favorite final girl like everyone i know you said you if you had to pick three who you put in the room but if you had to pick just one who's your favorite
0: that's so hard <laughs> i love them equally um ah, i don't know i don't, probably jamie lee curtis Laurie Strode. Only oh, really? Because, like, in real in real life, Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, the biggest fucking nerd ever to exist, <laughs> and I love her for it. Like, I love that woman. Like, she's my favorite. She's my favorite. She's she's the scream queen. She's the ultimate scream queen. You know, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, ugh, I just love that woman. I want her to cradle me, and I'm going to be picked <laughs> up. I'll let her pick me up.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. I love to see that. <laughs> that was too funny.
0: So jamie lee curtis i'll let you pick me up watch her be like this is weird this is weird i
1: don't know she's
0: (laughs) i'm sorry she's so
1: cool she might not even think it's weird she'll be like this isn't the first time i got this request come here girl
0: (laughs) i'll be so happy i really came really curtis hugged me (laughs) but yeah she will be she's my favorite final girl what about you
1: uh, I I I gotta go with Old Faithful. I gotta go with uh with Sydney from Scream One. I I gotta go there. That that movie literally just changed everything about horror for me, and her character was so cool for me. And as a kid, when I saw when I saw Scream One, when I was I believe eight or nine years old, something like that. So I was super young, and I was like, this girl's so cool. I remember watching it with my dad, and I was like, "Man, she's so cute!" Like, I had a crush on Lev Campbell literally my whole childhood <laughs> after seeing that movie because I was just like, "Yo, she's so badass!" Like, this killer was trying to get her, he couldn't even get to her. Like, she's awesome, you know? She had the cool one liners and all that. Like, we're gonna review Scream at some point, so I can like talk about this. Yeah, forever. we have to because that's like one of we my have favorite to. films. But it's just like she was so cool as a character, and like so just so so awesome. That movie was so much fun and. So yeah, I would definitely take Nev Campbell. It's like either that or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I'll I'll probably still choose Nev Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) Nev Campbell is the champ in my book. She'll take it.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's kind of like in par with Laurie Strode in a sense, where like she survives every time when he comes back and the difference between Scream and and Halloween is that you know who's coming for Laurie in Halloween. You know who it is. Yeah. With Scream, you don't know who it is. It changes all the time. Even she's just like, oh, God, who is it now? Like, (laughs) who's trying to kill me now? Like, come on. (laughs) And again, like, I love in the third one. And I mean, the fourth one's not my favorite Scream movie. I will admit, I don't really like it too much. Um, But... I I just again like I love just like Laurie Strode. Sydney had enough of the shits, and she was just <laughs> like, "I'm I'm I'm ready. Come for me. Come for me. I have my hands. I have my knife. Come for me. I'm ready." And that's what I appreciated a lot about Sydney Prescott, her character. Um, but yeah, I I'm curious how they're gonna do the fifth one because I'm just like.
1: same because i'm like in my mind still the first one is the best one the sequels have been okay like not horrible they've been okay but uh if whenever i revisit the franchise i definitely mainly just watch the first one i'm like uh i don't really care to watch the sequels much i think like last time i watched them was probably to get ready for part four maybe i'll do that again to see how i felt about the sequels but it is what it is
0: we'll see because yeah because in the because in the fourth one, Wes Craven said it. That's how he wants to end it. That's how he ended it. So I'm just like the fifth one. That man is rolling in his grave. I already know. It. He's <laughs> rolling in his grave. Like, like come on. You're going to remake Nightmare. You're going to gonna, <laughs> gonna discreet. Why? Let me rest. I'm tired. You're probably right. Let the man rest. You're
1: probably right. <sighs> All right. Well, I'll find a thing before we get out of here. I want to kind of like wrap all this up in a nice bow. Do you think like the final girl trope needs to go away or do you kind of enjoy where it's evolving? Like how, how are your like overall feelings on the trope?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with it going away. But again, like it, it kind of, it's kind of gone away on its own naturally. Cause like I said, how much it evolved. Like now the only way you're a final girl is if you survive, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the only thing, you know, you don't need to have followed those quote unquote rules, there are no rules anymore. they have been thrown out. Yep. So as long as you survive, that's it. You're a final girl. That's that's it, you know? So I kind of like how it evolved, you know? And hopefully, you know, the trope does change again. And maybe we'll get more than one final girl, you know? Because usually, most movies, is always one girl, one survivor. So maybe we'll get more than one this time. And if that's the case, then I'd be like, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> good point, good point. Hmm, I guess. What about you? Uh, in my, I'm thinking in my case, I don't, I don't want the trope to go away. My number one, my number one change I would make to it though is I want to see some people of color. I want to see some sisters. <laughs> I want to see yeah. some Hispanic people. I want to see black. I want to see Asian. I want to see Muslim. I want to see a little bit of everybody. I think, I think everybody needs to get in on the fun, like of horror. Like you know, in in mm-hmm. America culture, we we kind of have our horror films or the slasher or this that. We get the hereditaries every once in a while that kind of step completely outside the box. But I think we don't get enough of the extreme diversity that could kind of come with like stepping into different cultures. Like, you're Hispanic. So, you know, there I can imagine the different stories that you know in like Hispanic culture. That would definitely translate to a good horror film that could star like a leading Hispanic woman. Like, you know, everyone's heard of. Or Latina. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Hispanic, Latina. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like there, there's so many, different. And even if you got like really specific and you went like Mexican or like Colombian, like every culture has their own stories that can very uniquely translate into a horror film. And I think if we, we do a few films starring different people that, you know, just aren't white women, we will get some of those stories. And then even we'll probably get like, even the generic stuff that starts people that just aren't white women. And I think, I think that's my probably my biggest criticism for it because Otherwise, we love these films. Let's be real. We love Nightmare on Elm Street. We love Scream. We love Halloween. Mm-hmm. We, I love The Witch. Like I really like that movie. I'm gonna force you to watch that one. <laughs> we, we love. Uh, we, we, like. We love these films. So it's just like my, my biggest complaint would be. To drop these people in, I, I used to always joke and say I'm kind of happy that a lot of horror movies don't have diversity because I don't have to watch black people die. However, <laughs> it would be yeah, it would like it would be nice to see like different kinds of stories due to the cultural changes, and then just having them in different places, like who, like who knows what little girls in different cultures are coming up that are probably saw so horror and were just like, oh, that seemed pretty cool because like he's in, she's in it, or he's in it, or like you, th- you think of Get Out. I can imagine if there's like some Mm -hmm. younger kid, like a little black kid or something who saw Get Out, maybe at like age, I don't know, 14 or something, just like a teenager. He's like, wow, this is really cool. It'll be great if we got more movies like that. And, you know, that's why people look forward to Jordan Peele's film because they know he will do that. But it'll be great if other directors get in on that and other people just get in on that and uh, expand the palette of what we do. You know, you can look at Bollywood and all these other cultures and they, they definitely step into their culture very heavily. In every genre, mm-hmm. so it'd be cool if, you know, as Americans, but then also just, like, as, like, people in this industry, that they step into doing more stories like that. But other than that, I'm happy where the trope has evolved, too. I'm happy where it's come from. I'm, I'm happy the point in life, my life where it caught me, because <laughs> it's developed mm-hmm. a, definitely a lot of my feelings around, like, strong women. I've always been super fond of, like, strong women because of these films. It sounds stupid because a lot of it is horror and a lot of it is slasher and, you know, people getting killed, but I've always looked at these films as a space for powerful women. That's literally how I've always mm-hmm. viewed it. So it would be good to get more of them in there in all races and all ethnicities and sexuality and all that stuff.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I agree. Basically, point in pack, we need more people of color in the films. Okay? <laughs> Directors, writers, editors, producers. We need more people of color in horror films. That's it.
1: Yep mic drop. Bo, Jackie and Kendall twenty twenty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I right, I'm good. I think if we can get on out of here, you wanna say bye? Ooh. <laughs> I will never get tired of that. <laughs> so <laughs> have a good one, guys. See you. Next